The sermon from St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, preached on April 1, 2012, for Palm Sunday, based on Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God, through which the Holy Spirit brings us to see our Savior, Jesus Christ, is Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8, the first part of the second lesson. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. If you could have known it all without going to school, would you have gone anyway? Or what kind of difficulties in life would you avoid if you had the foresight and the strength to do it? Or maybe as this last week in the news, what would you do if you won the lottery? Those kind of questions make us think about what do I want? But now consider Jesus. In Luke chapter 2, the evangelist takes us back to Jesus' childhood when he was about 12 years old and visited the temple in Jerusalem. And then Luke tells us that Jesus was obedient to his parents and that he grew in stature and knowledge. Do you see how remarkable those words are? So often we easily see the humanness of Jesus that we hear that he obeyed his parents and say, so what? Isn't that what he was supposed to do? We fail to ponder how remarkable that obedience was. We fail to contemplate how profound his obedience to his parents was and how even more profound his obedience during this week Holy Week is. And so today, dear friends, let's contemplate Christ's obedience. That's the theme here this morning. And first of all, let's consider the heights from which he came. In the text here, the apostle describes Jesus, who, being in the very nature God, and you know that truth well, don't you? Jesus is your God. But we can become so used to saying that that we fail to contemplate what that really means. Jesus has God's nature. He has all the characteristics of God. That boy Jesus who went to that temple, that boy Jesus knew all things. And yet he chose to grow and learn like any other child would. That boy, Jesus, had all power and authority, and yet he chose to be obedient to his parents, as all children are to obey their parents. Sometimes I think we take this truth that Jesus is God and misuse it in a way that diminishes just how remarkable Jesus' obedience is. Or at least I've caught myself thinking along these lines. Yes, Jesus obeyed his parents, but what's the big deal about that? He was perfect since he's God. If I were perfect, I have no trouble obeying. 
think of what it means that he is God. He knew so much more than his parents. He clearly understood why he was here on this earth much better than his parents understood. He was so much greater than his parents, so much more powerful, so much wiser. All authority belonged to him, and yet he obeyed his parents. He, who is God over all, submitted to them in obedience. Do you see the marvel of that? To make a comparison, he was superior to his parents, like we're superior to a worm, and how many of us would choose to obey a worm? Oh, but he was just a boy, someone might object. Yes, but that boy was God, the Son of the Father. All that belonged to God belonged to him. All the power, all the authority, all the rule, all the dominion, it all belonged to him. And yet, even though he is equal to God since he is the Son of God, he did not grasp that equality as a prize to hold on to, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. What would you do? Or would you have gone to school if you could have known it all without having been there? Well, Jesus did know it all. And yet, he emptied himself of that full use of his knowledge so that he could grow and learn like any other child, like you and me. He set aside the full use of his divine majesty and glory and took on the nature and character of a servant, an obedient servant. How remarkable when you consider the heights from which he came and how different from our first parents. Yes, look at the first Adam, our forefather. God had created Adam and Eve in his image, They were already holy, just like God. Their heart and mind lined up in perfect sync with his will. But when the devil tempted them to be like God, to be equal to God in a way that they weren't, having that knowledge of good and evil, look at what happened. They grasped for that equality that they were not to have They grasped for it, trying to claim it as their own, and so they reached out and took from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which God commanded them not to eat of. They disobeyed by grasping to being, trying to be equal to God. They disobeyed, grasping for that equality that they had no right to have. And Jesus, he obeyed by not displaying that equality with God which was and is rightly his. From the moment of his conception on, he displayed that nature, that character of a servant. He humbled himself. And look at the depths to which he went. Which brings us to the second part here. uh, The text goes on. And being found in appearance as a man... He humbled himself to death, even death on a cross. Contemplates that obedience, dear friends. 
That's why he rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. That's why he was born in Bethlehem. That's why he came to this earth to humble himself to death on a cross. Contemplate that this week on Thursday and Friday as you walk with him from the upper room to Gethsemane, from Pilate's judgment hall to Golgotha. He didn't call down those legions of angels when he faced arrest, but rather told Peter to put his sword away. He didn't come down from that cross when taunted by his enemies. He obeyed. He obeyed to the very end. Contemplate Christ's obedience and compare it to your own natural inclinations. None of us here have a high position of power and authority. But how do you use the limited power that you do have? How often don't we use the influence that we have at work or at home for our own personal gain? How often don't we use the power of the money that's in our wallet to satisfy what I want? How often don't we grasp at the opportunities within our reach to advance our own interests? Or going back to that question we started with, if you had known it all and didn't have to go to school, what would you have been doing instead? I think for most of us, we would have been pursuing whatever version of happiness we thought was right for us at the time. And, you know, that doesn't even sound all that bad because that's how deeply ingrained the sin of selfishness is. We don't even realize how often we give into it. That's how blind we are to it. And that's why, dear friends, we need the Savior, Jesus, in whom there is no selfishness at all as displayed by his perfect selfless obedience. He made himself nothing, taking on that nature of a servant, even though he is God over all. He lowered himself, even to death on the cross, to pay for our selfishness and disobedience. Contemplate Christ's obedience. For you know that the horror of that cross goes far beyond the physical torture and the public humiliation. Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree, the scriptures declare. Cursed by God. But how can God curse God? How can the Father forsake His Son? How could Jesus obey even to that point? Such wonders for us to contemplate this Thursday and Friday. For you see, dear friends, Jesus emptied himself in order to fill himself with our sinfulness. He became our sin. He suffered our curse. Your death and hell was there on Calvary. Contemplate Christ's obedience. For he obeyed. He was obedient to the point of death. Even death on the cross. He was obedient for you, dear friend. For you. Contemplate Christ's obedience. His obedience that counts as your record. So that in him you have forgiveness and eternal life. Contemplate Christ's obedience. And as you contemplate his obedience, think about how you as his disciple, as his follower, can imitate his obedience. 
And this brings us to the third and final part here. Do you recall how the text began? It says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And in the verses right before that, the apostle spells out what that attitude was. He writes there, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should, not, should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And this also, dear friends, is why we come together on this Thursday and Friday of Holy Week. We come to contemplate our Savior's obedience, not only to testify as to how important our Savior is that we set aside that time. We gather not only to praise Him for that sacrifice He made to save us. We, pray, uh, we gather not only to remember the foundation for our forgiveness so that our faith and hope in Him are strengthened, but also, dear friends, also we come together because as our faith contemplates His sacrifice, our hearts are moved to serve one another with that same kind of humility that Jesus had. Yes, as we contemplate what Jesus has done for us, that moves us to have his attitude. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. How impossible that is if you do not know Jesus. But since you do know Jesus, you know that all is right between you and God. And since all is right between you and God, you can put the eternal interests of others first. Because you know that God is looking out for you. In fact, that God has placed you first, even before his own son. And as we contemplate how what Jesus endured for us, doesn't that teach us once again how much he cares for us. Since he cares for you so greatly, why do we have to run after our own selfish ambitions and vain conceits? He'll take care of you. Look at what he's already done as he obeyed even to death on the cross. You see, if all we needed was some sort of role model to follow, then we could pick any number of historical or fictional characters. Paul is doing much more than presenting a role model as he describes Jesus' attitude here. For you see, you don't have to think a whole lot about a role model. We won't have to think about Jesus if he were just a role model. We could look at him for a brief while and then most of our effort would have to be spent on trying to imitate him. And even an unbeliever can try to imitate Jesus Paul is doing much, much more here. Did you catch that? For one, examples deal with outward actions. That's what a role model shows you, the outward actions. But Paul is aiming at the attitude inside of us, a new heart, a new mindset. You can just glance at a role model to see the actions, but Paul wants us to gaze continually at the obedience of our Savior so that it sinks deep within our hearts. But most of all here, as you contemplate Christ's obedience, it changes us because you know and believe that he has done it for you. He, forego, he, for, he, he forwent that 
divine majesty and glory of his for you, dear friend. He emptied himself to take on a servant's character for you. He obeyed even to death on the cross, lowering himself for you. And the more that we contemplate that good news, that Christ's obedience counts for you, the deeper it penetrates our hearts, transforming our attitudes and renewing our minds. Jesus cares for me. For look at what Jesus has already done. Why do I need to worry about myself? Jesus has done all this for me so I can care for others. I can serve them with that same attitude of humility that Jesus showed toward me because I know he is watching out for me. I can serve others for Jesus has served me. Contemplate Christ's obedience. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.